0: Hi, I'm Joel McMahon, Pastor at St. Philip United Methodist Church, and I'd like to welcome you to this latest weekly podcast from our church before we get started. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. We stand at this moment at the end of one week and the beginning of another, and we don't know what lies ahead in the week that lies ahead of us but You do, and so we just put our lives in your hands and move forward with you today. Father, there are things happening around us that we do not understand, and we sometimes feel helpless and afraid, but even in the midst of this, we know that you are Lord, and so we ask that you would just help us to be at peace and to put aside all anxious thoughts and to say continually, The Lord is my strength and my shield. He's not only with me, but he is in me and I in him. We bless your name forever, Heavenly Father, and we thank you for keeping us covered under the blood of Jesus. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Well, we're finishing up our study of the prodigal son today. And the part that we're looking at today is found in Luke, the 15th chapter, the 25th through the 32nd verses. Now, if we want to understand Jesus' whole teaching in this passage, there's a kind of parable within a parable here that we can't ignore. You could call it the parable of the elder brother. Now, in the parable, the errant brother or sister has dishonored the family, cheated his father in a way, disgraced him, and shown himself as a worthless loser who deserves nothing, nothing at all. And that's the situation that we find this family in, a father whose heart has been broken and is now overjoyed, a no-good son who has come home and is uh, having a fuss made over him that he doesn't really deserve and the older brother, who does deserve a little recognition and thanks, feels taken for granted and bypassed in favor of his worthless, renegade younger brother. This is all pretty easy for us to see or to imagine, isn't it? This parable uh, within a parable actually begins with the 25th verse when we read this. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because of this and hasn't that he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother, you see, had been out in the field, far at the corner of the state where he couldn't have heard the goings on. He's been out doing his duty. He's been taking care of responsibilities. He's been working the fields like he's supposed to. And when he gets to the house, the party is well underway. The musicians are playing and the household is dancing. Now the verb translated in 1524, celebrate, is the Greek word euphrino, to be glad or delighted, to be glad, enjoy oneself, rejoice, celebrate. The fatted calf has been slaughtered and is cooking, sending that great smell of barbecue into the air. And he asks what is going on and he gets an explanation from a servant. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in, it says. Then it says, so his father went out and pleaded with him. So you see the older brother starts a scene and uh, the father goes out to reason with his older brother to get him to come in and join the celebration. And yet the son remains adamant. Now, I'd like to stop for a moment and just review what's been going on. Jesus is now telling the last of three parables about things and people being lost and found. And he's telling it to three groups of people. The scribes and the Pharisees who actually prompted uh, these stories by complaining about Jesus associated with tax collectors and sinners. And he is talking to the tax collectors and sinners. And he's talking to his disciples. Now, in these stories, the lost coin was found and placed back with the other coins in its owner's safekeeping. The lost sheep was found and placed back in the fold with the other sheep under the shepherd's safekeeping. The lost son has returned home and has been brought back into the family. Now, there's rejoicing and celebration with each return. So where does the elder brother fit into all of this? You see, he wasn't lost. He was where he was supposed to be. He was in the right place. He hadn't wandered off. He hadn't left the family. He hadn't embarrassed his father. He'd been doing all the right things. But somehow we can see something isn't right. And one of the main things we learn from the elder brother is that you can be in the right place and still have your heart in the wrong place. His heart wasn't right toward his brother. His heart wasn't right toward his father. And when we really dig into this story, this is what we see. The elder brother has been living miserably in blessing. He is secure in his position with the father, He has a loving father who really loves him. He is secure in his inheritance. The father has made it clear, everything he has is going to him. You know what I think the elder brother is missing? He's missing a real relationship with his father. He has been trying to be a good, dutiful son, but he's been doing it based on his idea of how this father-son thing is supposed to work. And I've seen this play out in all sorts of relationships. I've seen husbands spend hours and hours at work and never be at home with their family because they're trying so hard to be a good provider and to be a good father to the family. When if they would talk with his wife and his family members, he'd discover they could do a lot better with less if they had more of him. I've seen wives who tried so hard and worked so hard at being a good mother and a good wife and a good housekeeper and then whenever the husband does come home, she's too tired to hardly even pay any attention to him. And he could do with a little more mess and a lot more cuddling than what he has right now. You see, he's been trying to do the right thing, the elder brother has, but in the process, by not being in communication with the father, he's been doing the wrong thing, and he hasn't been doing the right thing with the right heart, and he hasn't been able to have a relationship with his father, flourish and be what it was supposed to be, because he was so busy, as he put it, slaving. Look at this. This is probably the most honest conversation he has ever had with his father, and he lets his true heart show. He says, I've been slaving for you all these years, he says, using the Greek word, to act or conduct oneself as one in total service to another, to perform the duties of a slave. He could have used a milder word, diakoneo, which means to serve, but he uses the stronger word that refers directly to slavery. The older son goes on to contrast his obedience with his other brother with his younger brother's disobedience and then he plays the no fair card yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. You know you can almost hear the older son yelling it's not fair can't you? How often our children accuse us of being unfair Of favoring one child over another. What our children don't understand until they are older, and sometimes they never understand, is that parents who love their children cannot treat them equally. Love demands that we do for a child what that particular child especially needs at that time. Love in a family isn't on a quota system It's on an individual, one-to-one basis. If he understood his father's love, he would have known that his father was there for him, too. In the parable, the father reassures his son, My son, the father said. Notice this that even though the son has tried to distance himself from the family, the father still says, My son, my son, the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. The father affirms that the elder son is encompassed in his love. He affirms that the elder son is heir to everything that the father possesses. The older brother is complaining that his father never even gave him a goat to feast with, much less a fattened calf. Let me tell you this. I am sure that the reason isn't found in the father's stinginess. It just didn't occur to the older brother to ask. James tells us, you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Many of us see our relationship with God as simply, I do the work, I am due the reward, I shouldn't have to ask. But see, you have to ask even to find out if you're doing the right work. The scribes and the Pharisees worked really hard, and they totally missed God. They didn't realize that they were binding themselves by their own rules instead of checking in with God. One time Jesus was so put out with the scribes and Pharisees that he told them, but go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous but sinners. Now then, you need to understand that Jesus is talking to the Bible experts of the day. And he's telling them they need to go and learn what it says. And then this passage that he quotes, the first words are, I desire, I desire compassion. That means I really earnestly want compassion. And yet, they wanted to do the sacrifice part, and they ignored the part that he said He desired. You see, they weren't listening to God. They were making up their own rules and making up their own mind what was important. You see, you can get so caught up in what you think God wants that you pay no attention to what He has made perfectly clear is important to Him. Now, I believe that a joyful heart towards God is the birthright of every older and younger son and daughter of the father. In fact, it's a part of being born again, isn't it? The Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But that's not very often what we see in older brother types. In the church, is it? What I want to do today is to help you avoid what the elder brother had been living in. He had been living in blessing. He had been living in his father's presence. He had been living in his father's uh, abundance, and yet he was living in misery. In misery he was miserable in the presence of blessing. Let me just go through a couple of things that I think are so important. If you want to be aware of your blessing, if you want to make sure that you are in a right relationship with your heavenly father and not being miserable like this elder brother. First of all, talk to him. Talk to God. When the elder brother vetted to his father, notice that the father did not rebuke him. Instead, he reassured him. And so I want to encourage you, however you're feeling toward God, talk to him about it. Don't just go around doing a slow burn if you think that you're being treated unjustly by God. Whatever it is that is stealing your joy, talk to him about it. Is your heart heavy about something? Pour it out to God. Whatever it is, talk to him about it. And then the next thing, the last thing, listen to him. When you read your Bible, Listen to Him. Try to understand what the will of the Lord is. Prayerfully get rid of any filters that might be hindering you really comprehending what He's saying. Sometimes I'm amazed at what my kids tell me I said as opposed to what I really said. So I want you to make sure that you're not listening through the filters of assumption, self-centeredness, and misinformation. A self-centered, egotistical attitude can totally change what you hear from the Lord or anyone else. Here's an example of the difference that attitude can make. A guy came in and he told his wife, I was attacked by a Great Dane today. And the wife said, oh my goodness, imagine if it was a small child. And he said, I could have fought off a small child, Karen. Now do you see, his attitude was such that he didn't even hear what his wife really said. You may tell your children, stay out of the street, it's dangerous. And what they hear is I can't go anywhere. And this is not new. When Satan approached Eve, he was able to sway her because she didn't really try to understand what the will of the Lord was. And then Satan was able to cause mistrust to set in. When you pray, Give the Lord time to speak to you. Don't just toss up your prayers and and run. You can't really understand him and his will for you if you never listen with your heart and ask questions. Calvin Miller reminds us of the fable of a little girl whose mother's face was hideously scarred from an early injury. As the little girl grew up and made friends and gained her own identity, she became more and more ashamed of her mother's horrible appearance. As she walked down the street with her mother, she noticed people moving over to the far side of the walk or even crossing the street to avoid them and gradually the girl found ways to avoid being with her mother in public. Eventually the little girl became an adult, she married, and she moved to another town. Her lonely mother suffered financial setbacks and faced basic hunger. Her daughter continued to ignore her, even in such destitute circumstances. And then one day, the daughter discovered an old diary of her mother's. It described a horrible fire that swept through their home, and the mother rushed into the burning house, scooped her daughter into her arms, and ran back out, burning herself beyond belief. And the truth dawned on the girl. Her mother's horrific scars came from saving her daughter's life. A new kind of shame raced through her heart and her very soul. She went to her mother and threw her arms around what now appeared to be a beautiful face. In tears, she expressed her gratitude for all her mother had done. And a new love relationship controlled their lives from that moment on. The elder brother was living miserably in blessing, feeling like a slave and a second class citizen. And it's because he didn't understand. He didn't try to understand. Well, this isn't a diary. It's much, much more than that. It reveals God's very heart to you. And the Lord's word to you this morning is you don't have to live miserably in blessing. If you read with a right heart, if you talk to Him with a right heart, this is what you will learn. You are loved. You count. And the Lord wants you with Him, both now and forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.